Showtime. 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 Welcome back to the Showtime Movie Podcast. I'm Show, as always. I hope you guys have had a lovely couple of weeks. A couple of weeks off from the from the podcast. Hope you've been enjoying the weather. You know, it's been been pretty hot. It's been pretty hot here in Toronto. Shockingly, I, I I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I'm not complaining because I complain relentlessly about the cold. I may have complained in the podcast about it. I I don't remember, but if I have, I would not be surprised because I complain about the cold a lot. I was born in January, for God's sakes, and I still complain about the weather because the cold is the worst. I'd rather be hot than cold, so yes, I shouldn't complain, but 43 degrees with the humidex and all that stuff, 43 degrees Celsius. If you're listening to us from the United States, I have absolutely no idea what that is in Fahrenheit. Probably about 100 if I had to guess, but I don't know. It's it's hot, though. Take my word for it. 43 degrees is hot. But yes, I hope you guys have been staying cool during all this heat. Uh, you know, maybe enjoying some patio weather, some wobbly pops on some patios, as they say. But, you know, I want to get into the one movie we're doing today. I mentioned in the last podcast, we were going to do Spider-Man Far From Home. So this is a Spider-Man Far From Home episode. It is going to be, I was going to talk about some news items beforehand, but you know what? I'm going to wait and do the news items for the next episode because we're going to talk about The Lion King on the next episode because this is just going to be a Marvel MCU podcast. You guys know how I like to tier things, I like to rank things, you know, talk about some characters, where does this Tom Holland joint fit in, you know, compared to Homecoming, you know, how does uh, Tom Holland fit in with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield? Is this one of the best Spider-Man movies? These are all questions I wanted to answer for you, but also for myself, you know, I think about it a little critically. So to do that, I, uh, as promised, I brought on a guest and it's a voice you will be very familiar with. My friend, Mark Stanush, who, if you guys don't remember, actually, Mark was the very first guest to ever come on the podcast. And he came on the very, that very first time to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. So I felt it was only right, only, you know, appropriate to have him come on to talk about the sequel Spider-Man, Far From Home. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation from earlier today with my friend, Mark. Happy to be joined now by Poddrop host and creator and my good friend, Mark Stanish. Mark, how's it going, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, you know, before we get to this Spider-Man, actually, uh, I want to bring up something else with you because the last time we spoke on my podcast, and I guess the last time I spoke with you on Poddrop, uh, you were not yet a father. And now, you know, a couple of weeks in, a month in, I think? Uh, uh, two months. Two months in. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man, time flies. I it actually feels like maybe that sounds so bad maybe the two longest months of my <laughs> life but like in a good way too right but uh how are you adjusting um well to stay on brand here movie wise i've mm. actually like a lot of movies have come and gone and it's just like not really feasible for me at least yeah. like not it's not like i'm a parent i will never be able to go to a movie again right, right? like there'll be a point where 
Um, hopefully my son Elliot becomes a little bit more, well, he's not going to be like independent in a few years, but <laughs> right now, like it's kind of all hands on deck. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Spider-Man was actually the first and only movie I've seen since. And it was our first uh, date night. I say in quotation marks as Amelia's parents were able to babysit Elliot for the three hours it mm, took nice. to go to the movie. And I caught Amelia like halfway through the movie, just like looking at a picture of Elliot on her phone. And I <laughs> also looked, I, I wasn't really even calling her out. I was like, yeah, I kind of miss him too. But uh, it was this whole experience being a parent and all is kind of crazy. And people laugh when I'm like, it's a little bit more than I thought it was going to be. And everyone's like, well, duh. It's like, what are you telling me? You don't have a kid. So <laughs> it's easy to stand on Mount Pius now, but it is a crazy whirlwind. And I can't wait to share my favorite movies with him one day. What what would you what would be the first movie you'd share with Elliot? Well, I actually have okay, already right. in a sense. So the first movie we watched was appropriate. One of my favorite movies of all time, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Oh, nice. Okay. And he was like four Good or five one. days old, and I was just like, let's watch this. Like, why not? Because at that time, like, especially in the first couple of weeks, if for those listeners who have a child, probably understand. For those who think about having one, consider this. The first few couple of weeks, it's like you're up every three four hours right and it's just like the sense of time kind of you, you kind of lose it right like and that's kind of why i think it it felt like this two weeks especially the first two weeks was forever right yeah, no kidding. but uh no uh, i don't know if he understood or could <laughs> see three feet in front of him to even understand the colors but yeah spider-man into the spider-verse was the first movie he watched I, I, honestly i've always wondered like if you could read a baby's mind what do you think they're thinking about just like do they even think in thoughts like or, or, like in, in words probably not i think right? all like, they're thinking just, is like, feelings feed me or i'm tired <laughs> the only two things that go through their mind sometimes they say like when you get the books and all this like mm. here's a reason your baby might be crying and it's always one feed me uh two it's usually tired and three it's like they might need to be changed i don't know what babies they've like my son elliot has no issue being in a diaper full of crap <laughs> like that doesn't just make him cry he doesn't demand a change like yeah i'll change him he'll be like oh thanks i guess but that's not going to keep him up it's it's probably, uh, well, the thing about being tired, you know, you always hear that with kids, like toddlers, right? Mm. You're like, he's cranky. He needs a nap. It's like babies kind of need it too. And it sucks because you can't, as we were talking about, you can't communicate with them on this like, yeah, yeah. you know, simple language level. So you kind of just got to like rock them until they realize that, oh yeah, I was kind of tired. And then they fall asleep. All right. Well, I hope, uh, I hope uh, Elliot does grow up a Spider-Man fan like his dad. I don't know if Amelia is a very big Spider-Man fan, kind of like by association. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When she first got me a gift, when we just started dating, my birthday had passed, but mm -hmm. she bought me kind of like you, you see them, they're like canvas prints from Winners, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. and it was a, uh, an old Spider-Man comic, like, I don't know, issue 120 or something, but, and that was a, a big moment. I'm like, I barely know this woman. She just bought me a birthday <laughs> gift for a birthday that happened after i met her like that's a nice gesture and sure enough it's in our bathroom okay. i have my art uh, you've been to my yeah, downstairs yeah. man cave and i decided that there's not enough 
wall space for all my <laughs> ridiculous posters. Because you, you have so. your jerseys there, yeah. and their Terrence Ross jersey, you know. Yeah. I, I'm sure Jonas Valanciunas is up there somewhere. <laughs> you gotta you gotta have room for all your, you know, external athletes. So yeah, I, I ended up pushing a little bit to the bathroom. So, you know, you, th- you go to, like, bars, you see sometimes some that's pretty true. snazzy bathrooms. Yeah, so that's true. All right, well, there you I don't know why I want to compare my basement to a bar, but, <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> it's not the worst. Now, well, I hope, uh, like I said, I hope Elliot becomes a Spider-Man fan. And I guess when he gets a little older, you'll be able to show him uh, homecoming and maybe also far from home and I'm happy you came on to the, the pod to talk about it today I don't know if you remember this Mark but back in 2017 uh, you were the first guest to come on the Showtime uh, movie podcast and the, the movie you came on to talk about was Spider-Man Homecoming I do remember so it's pretty uh, pretty pretty fitting I guess to have you on for far from home it's kind of crazy to think that that was what two years ago it's yeah. kind of wild it, a lot of stuff's happened in, in, in two years but uh, as we just went over as a we lot just of went it, over yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I guess, yeah, Far From Home, you, you saw it just a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah, this past weekend, um, and the latest I've been to a, a Spider-Man movie, I think in, like, I honestly think since maybe Spider-Man 1 or 2. Like, you mean, like, like, like latest since latest, it's been released? Yeah, like, okay. normally, like, most comic book movies, I go day one, but sure. we just uh, went over the whole ordeal, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so I was up at uh, my in-law's place in Collingwood and walked into the theater, and this is... I guess, you know, one Saturday after it was released. It was released on a Tuesday, right? So it's like... Yeah, it was a weird weird day. Yeah, so it is still the second Saturday it's out. But the movie theater had like... It was like half half full, Mm -hmm. even less, and mostly adults. And for anyone who's heard me on this podcast before, theater experiences have been going like awry for me. And this was like a perfect... Pretty quiet, pretty low-key theater. And I remembered, I used to live in the area in Collingwood, and the theater was always so much better there. I don't know what it is, just less drunk teenagers, I think. I guess so, I think that might be the difference. You know, it's funny, I I don't know if I told you this or not, but when I went to go see Endgame um, the most recent time, we, it was a pretty, it was a pretty packed theater, and... Is this when they had the re-release? Yes, yeah, okay. the re-release, yeah, and like I mean, eh, the re-release was kind of meh. There wasn't a lot. Of, I heard like, it I wasn't heard. a lot of stuff that you couldn't have just waited on the floor for the Blu-ray. And funnily enough, one of the scenes, the very last thing they show, because there was like a little Stanley like montage thing, which looked like it was on the Blu-ray. There was like a deleted scene, so it wasn't like finalized with all the you know the special effects and whatnot. Also looked like it was on the Blu-ray, and then I guess the one thing that wasn't on the Blu-ray was the last thing was which turns out to be the first, the very first 30 seconds of Far From Home. Because Far I From heard. Home starts with Nick Fury and Maria Hill driving through like a, rec- like a wrecked Mexican town. And then they stop and then you see Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio stop and he says, you don't want any part of this. And he like fires something from his hands and then it cuts to black and then the Marvel logo pops up and then the movie starts for real, right? So that scene was the ending, the you know, quote unquote ending using air quotes, uh, for the end game special effects, special editions, whatever you want to call them. And I remember thinking, wow, this is what I, <laughs> this is what I paid. For a movie <laughs> I'm about to see in a week. Like yeah, that, that, exactly. was, that seemed like the internet sentiment was like, wait, what am I paying for? Like, in the, it's the type of clip that you could see in maybe other movies. Like, I don't know. I'm thinking more like red band comedy type yeah, things yeah. where you would literally just see them release a scene like that yeah. a week early. And it's like, no, this one. We release it a week early, but you gotta pay extra to get in, right? <laughs> I, th- I think my favorite part of going to see the re-release of Endgame was that 
like every everyone in the theater had seen it already, right? So there was no there were no surprises. And there was a woman. I went with my roommate, and there was a woman who was sitting in the row right in front of us. So you know, I could we could hear. And she was sitting. She was by herself. She was probably like in her forties, fifties. She was by herself. So many and, red flags. And but. she, <laughs> and she, she, she asked. She talked to us for a little bit about like what we liked about Endgame, and we were kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, like don't leave us more alone, red please. flags. Okay. And then and then the movie started, <laughs> and then at, at the end, while we were all waiting for like this content, she just started to sob. Like when you know spoilers, when Tony Stark dies, she was sobbing like so, like like as if she as if she'd never had seen it before, and was just just outright crying. And I'm like, oh my god! Wait, and she it, established in the in the preamble with you that, that she, she had seen it. Yeah, we knew oh. she had seen it. Yeah, and then, and she just was like sobbing at the end when like he dies. And I'm maybe like, she's just Man. sobbing at the realization that she's at a movie alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that, actually, that I, that I'm a movie, movie alone. I don't mind going to movies alone. I, I shouldn't say that. I, I mean, I like going to see movies alone too. But to go alone still. and then to talk to people behind me, though, that might be <laughs> sob worthy. That might be sob worthy. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, far from home. You know, I, I, I did really enjoy it. I, I wanted to get your take. Let's say, where, where would you say this movie falls? Considering this is the first Marvel, you know, MCU Marvel Studios offering post Endgame. How did you? How did it? You know, how did you take it? And it, it, considering that it was the the first one. After such a changing event for a series that's oh. run for like what eleven years, yeah, uh, it is a tough act to follow. Endgame, uh, in terms of like navigating the the plot, not not holes because they're, they're, they're well, I mean there are maybe plot holes in Endgame, but not sure, but just the the repercussions of what happened in Endgame. I thought they did it in a very like I don't say tongue in cheek, but delicately they they kind of poked fun at it i loved the style of that like the news broadcast mm. i did a little of this in homecoming yeah, too yeah. with the news broadcast the high school, high school yeah, yeah. yeah and everyone um what was the word they used the blip the blip, blip blipping yeah, back yeah. into the gymnasium <laughs> was really funny and you know little comments too about the five-year skip which mm. we talked about earlier mm-hmm. on one of I, I believe it was your show that how are they going to handle that? Right? Like it, it was our end game recap. It's like, it's going to be, you know, something hard to just ignore. They kind of did ignore it, but they did it in a way where it didn't feel they, they didn't ignore it because they, they acknowledged it, but they did it just enough so that we didn't have to ask the question, right? but not too much that it became, you know, bogged down by the baggage. Cause this is a, it's something we are always talking about whenever I'm on your show. And it's, it's an easy trap to fall into mm-hmm. when the premise of this movie almost implies that you've seen Endgame, or at least that you're prepared for the big events in Endgame to be spoiled. Sure, yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I think they handled that really well. And in terms of launching a new phase, I, I guess we've talked to this about actually yeah. being the previous phase. Is yeah, this still yeah. considered? I think, te- I think technically uh, Far From Home is the final film in this most recent phase. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole phasing thing is a bit of a... I think it's, it's also changed, though. I think I yeah. think I think uh, Kevin Feige, who is the head of Marvel Studios, I think at one point, and this was before Infinity War came out. This is a couple years ago. He said that Far From Home would be the beginning of the next phase, and I think it was only as Endgame was in that kind of gap between Infinity War and Endgame, like before earlier this year, that did he come out and say, "No, no, no, Far From Home was actually the end of this current phase." And I can, and, and considering the the post credit scene. I think I can understand why. Right? Yes, yes, and I, you know what? I, I think it does work, and I can kind of harken back to like big comic book events, and then sometimes, like, you know, 
Avengers versus X-Men was a massive comic right, book event yeah. in 2012 or whatever. And when it ended, all the other little comic outshoots might have dedicated an issue, like one issue to like an epilogue kind of, right, like right. kind of separate from right. um, launching a new plot line. And, and it kind of got that vibe. It was kind of lower stakes. It, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, they did their classic, like, why can't the other Avengers come? Well, Thor's off world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, they named maybe one or two others. And I'm like, wasn't there like 40 heroes blipping <laughs> through portals? Like in any They can't all be busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But, uh, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised with the movie and I, I would actually say, that. I think it exceeded my expectations. My ex- expectations going in were maybe a little bit less just because of maybe an end game fatigue or hangover. hangover. Yeah, hangover I think yeah. it's a, that's probably a good way to put it. I think, yeah, I think oh, I do want to talk about the ending reveal and you know, these, these podcasts come out after the movie. So I, I consider the spoilers fair game after a certain point, but you know, the ending reveal there actually, I guess there were a couple reveals in that last, let's say, right at, like after the initial credits rolled, there were two post-credit scenes. Yeah. The mid-credit mid, mid mid scenes, yeah. let's call it, and then the actual post-credit scene. So in the mid-credit scene, which is what we're referring to, I suppose, uh, I guess one reveal, J.K. Simmons is back as uh, J. Jonah Jameson, which was, I have to admit, the crowd, that easily got the biggest reaction out of my crowd. I went to go see the movie on opening night. And yeah, that easily got the biggest reaction. He's very, I mean, he's a little different, right? I mean... They probably, they, for example, he was lacking the famous hair, right? But I can only imagine they did that, at least in part, to distance this current iteration of J. J. Jonah Jameson from, you know, the 2000, early 2000s iteration of him, even though it is J.K. Simmons. They also updated it in the sense where it's not a newspaper. He's not a newspaper. He's yeah. like, a, it's like an a, Alex Jones-esque kind yes, of like yeah. conspiracy Like a news net yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I don't know if you ever played the um, Spider-Man video game the one like that Spider-Man. recently came out oh yeah the newest one the newest one yeah uh for, that came out for the ps4 and i'm an xbox guy unfortunately. that's right that's right uh and he there's like a as you're kind of webbing through new york in the game which i always thought was kind of cool uh depending on what's you know wh- where you are in the story you spider-man if he goes by certain areas of new york he'll pick up like on his like i guess his suit sensor like a you know it's, it's a podcast like podcasts that are being broadcast over like a radio station basically and such one such thing is the J. Jonah Jameson podcast. And it's kind of the same thing, actually. So I, I kinda of, I almost get the sense that they like the developers of this movie kind of looked at the what the developers of the video game did and maybe maybe they were at least in part inspired, I find, because or maybe they both maybe they did it completely separately, but whatever the case may be, it it worked really well, which I, I think I really liked. Yes. I thought uh, I mean I think we'll go into like where Mysterio ranks among yeah, Marvel villains sure. or even Spider Man villains. Um I definitely thought the end scene this mid-credit scene elevated him just because like with with every villain you know for me number one can you quote them number two like were they imposing all this and then number three maybe is like does the villain have repercussions on the character like long term and just the fact that like you know this spider-man might be the spider-man in our lives for four five six seven more years maybe three four more movies right and it's like his life will like his story arc has forever changed he's been outed essentially you know um by this villain it kind of gives you know mysterio a little bit more oomph, oomph when you yeah. kind of look back on him no right? i agree mr mysterio was a fantastic villain i've always been a really big jake gyllenhaal fan since he I was a jake younger a younger guy since donnie darko and all those movies october sky all those things you know he's he's a very talented actor and i feel like 
I'm just thinking back to all his various different movies. You know, even if you think about Brokeback Mountain, you're thinking about um, Nightcrawler, and you're thinking about Demolition, and all these different films. And they're all, like I would say, to an extent, even though some of them have had wide-reaching critical acclaim, for the most part, they're indie movies. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I would say... There was even that Brothers was, with Tobey Maguire? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, and, and, I w- and I would say that like... Jake Gyllenhaal, by and large, is an indie actor, even though he is an A-list actor, if that makes sense. Because I feel like a lot lot of A-list actors are in some kind of franchise or have been in some kind of major role. And I feel like, like Jake Gyllenhaal, I feel like the closest he's come to that is like the Prince of Persia movies. And, and that, that Which one, I actually kind of like that movie. And, right and I actually kind of like it too, frankly, but I mean, it bombed, right? Like yeah, it, it, yeah. it did so poorly. You can tell office. how expensive it was. Yeah, too, and, yeah. and like it looked really cool, but ultimately did not do very well money-wise. And... You know what? I think it's cool that Jake Gyllenhaal has gone on in Spider-Man Far From Home and I guess reached a wider audience in a way that like in a way that a, an Oscar indie movie like Brokeback Mountain as far as as famous as it was probably never can. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the the audience that Brokeback Mountain is reaching is not the audience necessarily that Far From Home is reaching. Yeah, I think that I mean Jake Gyllenhaal and all these movies too. I haven't necessarily loved every movie he's been in, but it's never been because of him. Yeah, I was sure. That he's I agree really competent. Yeah. And I, I do have to admit, though, the movie does. So with spoilers, of course. Uh, like mm-hmm. we're past at that point. So Mysterio, having known the origin of Mysterio, which is, I think I've said this about way too many characters, so people might you know call me out. But Mysterio, like, is what a nerd is my f- <laughs> it ha- was at least for a very long time, and right. mainly from like the ninety. 90- three animated series or whatever, mm-hmm. 96 animated series or whatever it was, was like my favorite villain. I loved the costume. Yeah. Him and Lizard too because they don't you know, like green. They're both, or whatever. I always loved Mysterio and he was a special effects artist kind of turned villain. So from the first reveal of Mysterio, and just from the fact that he's such a prominent villain in this rogues gallery, like mm-hmm. he's not maybe not he's not your Doc Octopus, he's not Green no. Goblin. You knew he was going to be a villain. He's at next. He's that next level. He's just part from, of he's part of the Sinister Six, right? Yeah, he he is. Yeah. So just from watching the minimal like trailers, I try to avoid trailers from movies I'm going to watch. Sure, but yeah, even yeah. then, it's like the, these like giant Iceman and Fireman. They're not going to be the big bad guy in this movie. You can just tell. You're <laughs> like, it's obviously going to be Mysterio. And at a point, Amelia turns to me, my wife, and she goes. Like, is he bad? Is he not? And I'm just like, I'll tell you what I know. He was a special effects artist. Is kind of, and like, turned bad guy. Yeah. And yeah. she kind of got it, and it all came to fruition, kind of as we saw it. That being said, when he was in his, I don't know, his disguise as someone from Earth 8-whatever, and I oh, come right, to 616, yeah. the acting was kind of like, Bland, and I know mm. that there's like I guess you could you could say an, an apologist would be like, well, he's acting as someone else. I'm like, right. regardless, I felt like we're supposed to believe that Peter's getting duped. So with that in mind, you know, I wasn't crazy about jo- Jake Gyllenhaal's acting, and right. then of course the big reveal in the bar, even that scene had mm. me a little hesitant. Now it was, I think, a little bit issues with writing it was like super exposition heavy yeah as he's literally toasting like everybody in the bar and like <laughs> flashbacking and like well I would, say, I would say with that scene they they deliberately at least my my take on it was that they deliberately took the tip your typical villain monologue and they took that villain monologue because he is kind of like a campy yeah kind of like a kind of a campy guy right like like his character right this this former special effects dude and he basically 
deli- because I, I feel like this whole, the whole thing with Mysterio is that he is the star of his own. His, he's the star of his own play, yeah. right? And he has a costumes person, he has a dialogue person, he has a special effects person, and they're all like, even though they're all in the team, he is the star of the show, and they are the ones who are responsible for making him shine. And so. And he's and he seems to be kind of like an egomaniac. So I think that's so. There was a there's a part in the exposition scene where he goes mm. and Tony Stark fired me because he said I was unhinged or whatever. Right, and he goes right. in this exposition and you're like, okay, so I've seen you be the straight, play the straight man. Yeah, yeah. And you, whatever you did that admirably, I guess you fooled Peter. Then I see this like almost over the top maniacal scene where you're like saying you're unhinged. And it's like, yeah, but let me like see it. That being said, the next scene you see him in is kind of choreographing how the, ta- the attack's going to go down. It's in like a theater kind of, right? Right, right. And that was a scene where I was won over by him. And you could like, uh, you could just see the range and he, he showed that he was unhinged without having to like say, and somebody said I was unhinged. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And I guess that he scene, has like the robots kind of float up to the guy's face. It culminates with the targeting. Cool. And I, I thought that was really cool. And then from there, it was more of that. Jake Gyllenhaal throughout the rest, the whole like climax on the bridge and all that. And I was I was impressed with the acting. Now the motivation, I'm still a little bit confused, and that mm-hmm. would be my biggest knock on him. And I understand he he says, "Well, now they have to listen to me, right? Like no one, everyone, no one took me seriously. They they like, named seriously my- for what though? Well, that's like I, I guess that's the question, right? But you said it best. Like if you want to say that deep down, he's not even really admitting this to his crew, but he's just like, I want to be the hero because yeah. I lack that in life. And you know, there's only so much time in the movie, and there's a lot going on in this movie in terms of just like. Where how many scenes, how many like locations mm-hmm. they're on true. in this? There's like a lot to go on, so I understand that you can only give so much. But I just felt like I was missing a little bit of like, what is your end game here? So what oh, happens if you game. pull this off, Mysteria? <laughs> <laughs> Check out the re-release on uh, <laughs> theaters near you. But uh, that aside, I thought it was as good, if not better, than Michael Keaton's Vulture. That's fair. I I, I think for me, I would still put the Vulture above it because. Because of the whole motivation, right? Because motivation is, it's kind of murky with Mysterio. Maybe he's just crazy. Maybe he's an egomaniac, you know? And, and that, if that's the case, that's fine. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty par for the course with most of these, like, crazy supervillains. But Michael Keaton, I mean, he, it was kind of the same thing. But for him, it, I feel like it was, like, the vulture, it was more of... It was a respect issue, and also he has a little monologue towards the end of Homecoming where he, like, rants at Peter, uh, and he says, you know, the rich people, they don't care about us. Like, your friend Tony Stark, like, we build their highways, and we build their roads, and we're the ones who make everything easy for them, and they treat us like dirt, and they don't care about us, which I feel, I just, like, feel is more... I don't know what the word is, maybe more relevant in today's day and age, because I don't, I, I don't, he's not wrong, right? He's just crazy, but what, he's not what necessarily you get wrong. with the vultures, you got the origin story mixed in, right? Like you yeah. got that little scene, which I thought was really good. He works as the, the basically the contractor, contractor yeah, yeah. clearing out the rubble from the Avengers one, you know, the events of Avengers one. This was different right here. We had to like, it was almost like the Mysterio, uh, Bill or like origin had to be accelerated halfway through the movie because yeah, you're fair. getting a fake one. That being said, I actually loved the uh, a couple, you know, maybe a bit of a transition here, but a couple of the Easter egg nods, including stuff like Mysterio mentioning this is Earth 616. Yeah, I'm right. actually from this. For those that don't know, nerd glasses push up right now, but uh, <laughs> the, that does exactly that is exactly how it is in the Marvel universe that right. there is supposed to be multi universes, and the one that is like canon. Is six one six one six. Well, so, even even in Endgame, when Scott Lang wakes up in the in like the the pen, I guess like the storage facility yeah. when he gets out of the when he gets out of the the macroverse or whatever they call it, 
uh, you can see on the this is also just an Easter egg, right? But on, on his like on the car that says like laying property or whatever in the corner it says storage facility six one six for example. So they they clearly love throwing that in there. Yeah, yeah, very. I mean, it's those things are cool. Like that's uh, you know another thing we always talk about. I love when you can like reward and make diehard fans feel like a little bit more included, included yeah, without yeah. ever having to exclude the people that aren't in the club. Like yeah. um, Amelia doesn't care about that. And when I told her after the like, guess what? Six, she <laughs> didn't even care even more. Right. Like, He's like but, uh, get in the car. Honey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I enjoy little things like that. And you know, I think, you know, among Spider-Man villains, he's definitely up there with the vulture. I actually, th- I, I might give the vulture the edge there. Mm-hmm. Um, I might even give Doctor Octopus from Spider-Man Two, uh, the one played by what's his Alfred name, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina also the edge. But in terms of Spider-Man movies, I need to hear where do you? So yeah, this was I want to ask you. Well, let's say let's say if you had to pick your top three Spider-Man movies, would this movie make it into the top three? I mean, that's tough. Are we including into the Spider-Verse? Any, yes. Any Spider-Verse, all the Tobey Maguire movies, and all of the uh, Andrew Garfield movies. So, And obviously all of the, these ones, too. I was kind of working on my tier list the second I walked out of the movie theater. as <laughs> classic kind of... I know you like your tier list as sure, well. Yeah, yeah. And since I since I saw the movie on Saturday, I started watching Spider-Man 1. Okay. Just to, like, Like the, the first Tobey Maguire The one. very first Tobey Maguire okay. one, just to see if, you know, it, it held up. And it, and it kind of does visually... I couldn't get through it. I got to the point where basically end of the origin and that's where I get lost, right? It's like if I had gone a little bit further, maybe I would have been hooked, but it's like even though the origin story has really only been told, I guess twice, once in the Andrew Garfield one and once in this. Yeah, because they, they skipped it in Tom Holland. But they kind of, they don't have the, yeah. I mean, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man one was maybe better in my mind than it was when I watched it. And, right. I, and I've watched that movie a dozen times or so, but maybe not so much recently. And it definitely is Maybe isn't... not with a critical eye as an adult. Fair enough. Yeah. And I, I think that isn't on the level. That being said, Spider-Man 2, I, I definitely need to go back and watch it. But I would say Spider-Man 2 would probably be my favorite of the live-action ones. So okay. Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man 2 are 1 and 2. Then it's up to either this or Homecoming. Okay, that's fair. I think... I would go, it's tough, because like anyone who's just only seen the movie once and, and it's recent, yeah, yeah. recency bias mixed with, you know, only the one viewing, I would probably give this the edge, I think, over, over homecoming? homecoming. Yeah, okay. For a lot of the reasons, if anyone goes back and listens to our Homecoming podcast, I there was something that just never sat right with me, like almost the exact opposite, skipping the origin entirely right, right. and being too right. connected, whereas like you would, you would think this movie would suffer more from that. I, I felt like Amelia, who didn't see Endgame, was like caught up to speed perfectly. She, I guess she had to be spoiled that Iron Man died, but there's no way she, she already kind of knew that coming in, right? Like okay, it's yeah. this far in advance, like yeah. it's impossible not to know, right? I guess I, I would probably say for me, I think without a doubt, Spider-Verse is my favorite Spider-Man movie. I think like he, like head and, heads and shoulders, I, I think, think it's, it would it's be my in its favorite. own tier. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could even put Spider-Man 2 or either of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies in with it. I think, uh, but but that's not to say that it's not in my top three. I just think it's so far ahead of all the other ones. But I think after Spider Verse, I because pro- I, I did watch. I, I guess I should mention I did rewatch Spider Man Two pretty recently. Like I've been working a lot of nights, so during the days I usually, I usually watch a movie or something. And I watched Spider Man One and Two recently. And yeah, I kind of agree with you on Spider Man One. I don't think it really holds up necessarily as well as it does today. I still find Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin wildly entertaining, but 
I, you know, like a, a lot of the dialogue is a little corny. I'm not a huge fan of back to formula. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I, a huge fan of like Tobey Maguire in general. I, I think I, he's I meant, I meant a lot better of, in Spider-Man Two. Sorry to interrupt, but well, yeah, I know I, you're, you're not wrong. I just, I just, my problem with Tobey Maguire has always been he's never looked his age. Ever like I, Tobey Maguire came out of the womb looking like like he was like an old man. Honestly, like he just he just looks. Old I would say to he me. came out looking like, kind of like he was like twenty. Yeah, and which is, I mean, he's supposed to be playing, yeah, yeah, playing yeah. high school kid, but then, like, I think, like, it's gone past him. I remember in Brothers, the movie Brothers, yeah, sure, Natalie sure. Portman, he and Jake Gyllenhaal are brothers, and the, the plot is, essentially, Tobey Maguire gets missing in action mm. while um, on duty, um, supporting the country and military, all that, and Jake Gyllenhaal swoops in and takes his wife, kind of. He comes <laughs> back, and that's the conflict. Right. But in the plot of the story, Tobey Maguire is the successful brother, right. and Jake Gyllenhaal is the deadbeat. And in this backstory of their success and such, Tobey Maguire was the, like, all-American quarterback, God. and Jake Gyllenhaal is the... That. I just can't picture yeah, It's that. like, look at Tobey, look at Jake. Which one plays football? <laughs> Which one... Was born looking like a scrawny twenty year old, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, no, I don't know. It's not, it's, not, it's not a knock against Tom McGuire. It's just I never really felt he fit the high school. But image. that being said, is Spider Man Two your second fit? Is it because you, because uh, of all the action? Because because largely because of Doc Ock, um, you know, like it's just it's, it was pretty compelling. I found and but still, I I, I think Spider Man James Franco is good in that movie too. Yeah, James Franco, yeah. He, who, whose career is a very weird one. He's a, yeah. he's a weird career in general. But yeah, I think Sp- Spider Man Two would very narrowly beat out Homecoming, which I did kind of like better than Far From Home. But I would I, put all three of those in the same tier. Yeah, sure. I I, I think I would be okay with that too. I think I think within the tier, I think you could probably argue or talk me into putting it in a different order. But I think Spider Verse is so far and away the the best one because of visual style, you know, dialogue, you know, representation, all these different things. And then two, Spider-Man 2 and Homecoming and Far From Home are in their own kind of jumbled tier. Tom Holland is a fantastic, that's what I want to end on. Tom Holland, fantastic Spider-Man. I think he is my personal favorite Spider-Man of the live action. I mean, there's only him and you're counting Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. And you know how I feel about Tobey Maguire already. But yeah, I think Tom Holland nails the you know, I don't want to say frightened, but he nails the like doubting Thomas Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like he, and, and, and which I think is probably one of the things I like the most about Far From Home, which is simply he doubted himself. So he allowed himself to be a little naive. He, t- he was taken advantage of by Mysterio. He gives him the glasses, even though the entire theater, everyone's sitting there th- saying to themselves, what the hell is wrong with you, Peter? Right? Because no, everyone's saying, look, why, why are you doing this? Right? But he's and, a teenage kid. But he's a teenage kid. Yeah, That's yeah. the thing. He's a teenage kid. He is, you know, he's, he just, he's, his priorities are not that of, a, you know, a regular teenager, right? He, even though he wants to just, you know, be with the girl he likes and has a crush on, he can't. And he's being taken away from that. And, he, and on top of it, he's been given all this responsibility by his, like, basically dead hero, right? Dead hero slash mentor slash father figure, if you want to go that far, right? I think, I think that puts him in a position to shine that Tom Holland, it, you know, I kind of liked Andrew Garfield in some ways. I thought he made a really good Spider-Man. Mm. I thought Tobey Maguire made a really good Peter Parker. I think Tom Holland is probably the might do the best at all of it and at least combined like on aggregate, I guess. Yeah. He is elevated though by the situations you were talking about. He's in high school. He's he's had this father figure in Iron Man, which is just like the high school thing is something that Spider-Man 1 
glossed over. Spider-Man, sorry, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's glossed over entirely. entirely He's out of high yeah, school way yeah. too quickly. Um, and in Andrew Garfield ones, I would argue that he did, never feels like a high schooler. Like he's, you know, he's so cool and like he has a hot girlfriend. And he's doing the yeah. lab. Like he's yeah, go- going yeah. off to like, oh, I'm, uh, you know, interning at a lab. No high school student <laughs> interns anywhere. One. <laughs> Second, not at these like high tech labs and all this. But he's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that this with the setting and then you, everything you just mentioned, you, you nailed it. Like he has this expectation on him while also yeah. trying to be a kid, which is just like situations I just never felt Toby or Andrew Garfield were able to kind of be in. So I, I do want to say as much as I think this is the best Spider-Man, 100% agree. I, I felt like at least Andrew Garfield with the writing and everything else around those movies, I think he was shortchanged. And I and though they may be the worst Spider-Man movies, or, I mean, Spider-Man 3 is probably worse than Amazing Spider-Man 1. Yeah, I would probably, yeah. I probably agree. We have, that. okay, we... The listeners are dying. We have to tier the final four movies right now. There's four movies. Okay, so, okay, so we put Spider-Verse into its first tier. tier. Spider-Man and 2. 2 and the two new ones and into two new ones in its own tier. So what's left? Spider-Man 1 and the two in Spider-Man. Oh, then Spider-Man, Spider-Man 1, 3, three and then the, so the other let's two work in the bottom. movies. Spider-Man okay. 3 yeah. and Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's the one with Jamie Foxx, right? It, that's actually the worst. That's sneaky worse than Spider-Man 3. <laughs> those two yeah, movies. Yeah, those are its own tier, I would say. Now, those are exactly. Then the other two are in, the, in its yeah, own tier. Yeah, I would say, I would say Spider-Man one and the first Andrew so, Garfield one. Are so Spider-Man tier. one is in closer to Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield than it is to Spider-Man two. Yeah, and I would the say new- so. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Like, all right, it has it, all of these movies have in some fashion at least one or two redeeming qualities. But the Spider-Man three and Amazing Spider-Man two have so few of them. I know it's kind of upsetting. And Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man two, I, I haven't gone back to watch it. I, I've watched it multiple times, but not in a long time, and right. not since. I think that like they put that to rest, like that. And no, watching that movie without with, with now knowing that it's not leading to anything like the sinister six reveal at the end Ugh. or the like harry oz like all that stuff like all the little like threads they left open to know that they're never going to end is going to make the movie even <laughs> worse to watch so don't watch don't watch it again. don't don't do it <laughs> yeah, okay so now the audience can the audience can rest knowing that we've exactly. now tiered all of the movies exactly well mark i appreciate you coming on with me talk some spider-man I always enjoy it. Uh, quick, before you go, what do you think is... So next year, 2020, because we're done with Marvel movies for the year. There are no more Marvel movies coming out in 2019. So quickly, if you had to guess what... Because we don't know yet. At this point of recording, we have no idea what Marvel movies are officially coming out in That's 2020. True. So if you yeah. had to guess, what do you think is coming out next year? Apparently, allegedly, there are at least two. Uh, well, Black Panther 2 okay. is coming out next year, whether it's the quick... Uh, and Gardens of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy first. Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Panther will be the two mo- next two movies to come out in that order. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna actually completely disagree with you. I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say though both of those movies come out. Or I'm gonna say Squirrel one, Girl. I'm gonna say one of them comes out at the very end of 2020. Like one okay. of them will be like the November 2020 movie, or like you know like the the August or September you know that that half of 2020 movie, and the other one will be Black Widow. Oh, yes. Because that movie is actually filming right now. I don't think Black Panther 2 or Guardians 3, because Guardians 3 has been was delayed because James Gunn, he got fired. So they now brought back and he on. Took, and then he, they brought back him, they brought him back, but in the interim, he accepted and is now doing the Suicide Squad, I, which is I Suicide Squad I made an Squad entire two, right? podcast so. about James Gunn being fired, and it's basically been <laughs> obsolete because of the... Because they rehired Even him. though it, it actually says a lot about 
the firing. So anyone listen to Pod Drop, you find that one. That is kind of interesting to listen to. But I would say it's a good guess by you. And what would be the one movie though, if you had to say Guardians, Guardians or I would, Black I would say yeah, I would say uh, Black Widow, and then which I think will come out like in the summer. And which then makes I'm sense say, as a prequel. It kind of gives them. A, Marvel loves to use those to like buffer to set things up. So yeah, if they're about yeah. to introduce a phase, you know, they well, can actually. I, I I'm gonna say that Black Panther two comes out in February of 2021 and then the, and then the latter half 2020 movie is a new a new IP entire like the the Eternals or something like that. Oh yes. I think they've been casting for that too. Yeah, Angelina Jolie apparently is the lead of the Eternals, which is yeah. pretty cool. So I, there you go. Comic book fan here, but I cannot tell you much about the Eternals. I don't think I don't think many people could, honestly. They're but, re- but look, yeah. the, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy were probably the same way and they're yeah. like one of the most they're one of the most popular groups of superheroes probably ever. Black now. Panther. Out of, out of all out of every hero, I think Black Panther might have been the one that being coming out which movie that I knew the least about. Sure. And it's still up there as in my top tier or one of my favorite Marvel movies. I think 2021 so. is going to be a big year for Marvel. Like I want to say I'm going to say it's Black Panther 2, Guardians 3 and Captain Marvel 2. So 2020 is a bit of a a down year. I think which I think, it's needs. Thing, I, think yeah. I think I think they need this and I think 2020 will be a year for Disney Plus. It'll be a year yes. where a lot, like the Loki show, will take off. The the um, also a pod drop. The, yes, that's right. We <laughs> talked about it. Yeah, Loki Vision, and then uh, what was the other one? There's two other ones. There's a Wanda, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, and uh, and um, Captain, Captain Falcon. Yeah, Captain America and Fal- Captain Falcon, if you want to yes, call him that. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, Wanda, Wanda Vision. That's what it's called. Wanda Vision. Yeah. So yeah. the three. So I, I bet because uh, Kevin Feige did say, and so did Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, both said that if you want to follow their exploits. It will be on the small screen, not on the big screen, right? So, which I think is a, be a year great for that, idea. We on the podcast pod job, we talked about TV. It's just a different we get medium. It. You have a podcast. It's a different medium, <laughs> and I think that it. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> check out me on poddrop.com. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I think that might actually work. Uh, it is uh, interesting to see what TV does and how they combine the two mediums to better each other. All right, Mark. Well, I appreciate you hopping on with me, and uh, we'll have you on when one of these movies comes out next. Sounds good. Thanks again to Mark Stanush. You can find Mark's podcast, Pod Drop, which he wouldn't stop mentioning. No, I'm kidding. Mark can mention his podcast as much as he wants. Pod Drop. Uh, you can find him on poddrop.com, P-O-D-D-R-O-P.com. And, yeah, he releases them in kind of episodic, or I should say seasons, of work, unlike me, which is more continuous, right? But yeah, Mark is a great resource for Marvel and comic books, as you can tell. Uh, his brother, David, has been on the podcast before. Those guys are know their stuff when it comes to Marvel and when it comes to the comic book world. So I'm sure that will not be, as you might imagine, the last we've heard from either David or Mark. But I think looking ahead, because that's kind of it for the podcast today, looking ahead, I would say there's there's not a lot left on the horizon for movies you know what I mean? Like, there's The Lion King, which comes out actually this week. It comes out technically today. I'm recording this on Thursday. So The Lion King is in theaters now. And I'm interested to see it. Probably won't see it until next week. I'm going on vacation on Sunday. So I wanted to record this episode before I went out. You guys could have a chance to listen to it. Leave me some feedback. And then we can talk about all that stuff when I am back. Because going away with my girlfriend, we're going to take a quick road trip to Montreal, Montreal, uh, Quebec City, and on our way back, Ottawa. So doing a little road trip. Maybe we'll see uh, The Lion King on our way back. She's a big Disney fan, so maybe we'll see that on the way back. But for now, that is all for this episode of the Showtime Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, love talking with you guys. Have a great night. <laughs>